This is KMTT, Mitzion Tetzei Torah. This is Ezra Bik, today's shiur, the weekly shiur on the Ramban to the Parsha. And this week's Parsha is Parshat Vayahi. And the Pasuk that we'll be learning this week, Perush Ramban, is the verse where Yaakov informs Yosef of a a status, a special grant given to him. There were two possible interpretations to the to the facts of this of this pasuk, which Rashi brings them both, which depends on the meaning of the word shechem, and I have given to you a shechem more than your brothers, which I have taken from the emori with my sword and my bow. What does the word Shechem mean? Rashi's first pshat is that it refers to the city called Shechem. So Shechem Echad, it's a little bit strange, the word Echad. It's a proper noun, it doesn't have numbers. But nonetheless, Shechem Echad, I've given you one place called Shechem. Above and beyond what's the equal shares given to your brothers. And Shechem is the city. Why Shechem the city? So we know two things about Shechem. One is the incident which took place at Shechem in connection with uh, Dina, the daughter of Yaakov. And the city was sacked by the sons of Yaakov. And somehow, well, Rashi's going to have to fill in a little bit here, but somehow that could be the basis for what Yaakov is giving away. We know something else about Shechem, namely that it does in fact fall into the portion of Yosef. And in fact, Yosef is buried in Shechem. However, the question which Rashi has to face is, what does it mean, Asher lakachti miyad ha'emori b'charbi u'bakashti? Yaakov Avinu says, I took it from the emori with my sword and my bow. When did that take place? So Rashi has to make up, he has to bring a medrash, which fills in the gap here. The story itself of Dina is not enough. It's true that the city was taken or sacked or destroyed or conquered, but not by Yaakov, but by his sons. And as uh, the Ramban points out, uh, wouldn't appear, I'm sorry, it's not the Ramban, I take it back. As, as Mephashim point out, uh, since Yaakov opposed what his sons had done, it's hardly likely that he would take, they would take credit for it. So the Farashi brings a midrash that after the incident of where the sons of Yaakov sacked the city of Shechem and killed Shechem and his father and took Dina home, the neighboring peoples came on a, a mission of vengeance. And we're going to attack Yaakov's family, uh, the relatives, the clans of the people of Shechem from the surrounding areas. And Yaakov himself went out and fought the battle against them. And that's what it means that he has conquered uh, the city of Shechem from the Emori, from the surrounding surrounding people. The problem, obviously, is that in order to make sense of this pasuk, you have to uh, fill in an entire story, not even vaguely referred to in the pasukim. In Parshad Vayishlach, uh, but that's the first uh, that's the first part that Rashi gives, and perhaps the benefit of it is, is the the meaning of the word Shechem, which is immediately arises in our head that Shechem is a city called Shechem. Rashi's second shot is that Shechem means a portion, means a, a portion of land, and it doesn't refer to any particular land. And Yaakov is saying to Yosef, "You're going to get an extra portion, meaning a double portion, it's connected to the Bechorah." 
that is given to Yosef, as the Pasuk in Dibri Hayamim states explicitly that it was the Bechorah, the first, the rights of the firstborn were taken from Reuven and given to Yosef. And without going into the details, it's connected to the fact that Yosef has two sons who are both Shvatim, and therefore he gets an extra portion in, in the, in the land of Israel, more than his other brothers would get one twelfth, and he is going to get two twelfths. Um, but then the question is, what is a shela kachti miyad ha'emori b'chabi u'kashti? Here you can't even make up a, uh, make up a story or bring a medrash. Yaakov has not conquered whole sections of Eretz Yisrael. We know that for a fact. You can't just say it's missing in the Torah, it just didn't happen. And therefore, Rashi, for this pshat, has to offer a, a metaphorical explanation of with my sword and with my bow. And quoting the Targum, Rashi says, it means with my prayers and my requests. It wasn't a real sword, it wasn't a real bow. Uh, it was the tzitkut of Yaakov. Uh, his prayers, his avodat Hashem, is what gives the land in general to Am Yisrael, and therefore Yaakov gives a portion to to Yosef. Okay, now the Ramban. The Ramban assumes without question that the word Shechem means a portion, and is referring to Nachalat Haaretz. It's referring to a a the inheritance of the land of Israel. Yosef has a double portion. Shnei Shvatim. They, there are two Shvatim in the Torah. That means certain, perhaps not monetary benefits, but they have their own degel, they have their own section in the camp. Two Nasiim, Chanukat Mizbech. Each day was a different Nasi. There's a Nasi of Nei Ephraim and a Nasi of Nei Menasheh. But also, Vegam Hachelak Asher Lo Benachala Natan Lo Shiskebo Kasher Yichbushu Aretz Becherev Uvekeshet Uvemilchama. He also gave them a portion in the land of Eretz Israel, which will be conquered becherev uvekeshet uvemilchava, which will be conquered by sword, by bow, and in war. Aman to Perik Memchet Pasuk Chabet. The problem now is, what does it mean, Asher Lakachti? The Ramban is stating explicitly that the sword and the bow are literal. And why are they literal? Because Eretz Yisrael will be conquered, not was conquered, will be conquered at the time, when the time will come, namely when Yahshua arrives. It will be conquered with sword and bow. Uva milchama. In other words, uh, through natural means, conquest, the means of conquest. But it, Yaakov Avinu is saying, I'm giving it to you because I conquered it. And Yaakovino, of course, has not, has not conquered it. It will be conquered by the armies of Yahushua 400 years later or, or 300 years later. So the Ramban writes the following. Tam miyad ha'emori. First of all, it's a miyad ha'emori. So the Ramban has a typical Ramban explanation. It doesn't mean only emori. It means the peoples of Eretz Yisrael, the Amei Kenan, Ki Yisrael lakacho ha'aretz t'chila meyad ha'emori. The first battle that the Jews fought over Eretz Yisrael was with the Emori, Ki Sichon v'og shnei marchei Emori hayu. The first battle was in the other side of the Yardin, the kingdoms of Og and Sichon, and they were both Emori. 
והמלחמה הראשונה והגדולה שהייתה לנו בכיבוש ארץ הייתה לבניו של יוסף עם האמורי. היא מלחמת יהושע עמם. סימולי, later on, the first major battle in כיבוש ארץ was between the children of Yosef and the אמורי of that area. When יהושע, in יהושע's battles, because יהושע is also, יהושע is, בבני יוסף. And he quotes the פסוק. From Yahshua, Perek Yud, Pasuk Yud Bet. As he dabar Yahshua l'Hashem b'yom tet Hashem et emori l'fnei b'nei Yisrael. Umiyad emori hayachelif anachala l'fnei Yosef. And the Ramban assumes that the particular portion of Yosef was mostly from the people who were called emori, one of the seven nations of Canaan. As the Pasuk says, which is actually talking about Eva Hayaden, that's talking about the other side of the Yadain, but there's a very B'nai Yosef, B'nai B'nashe, have a portion in the Gilad. Uh, and also in Har Ephraim, which is on the western side of the Yadain, uh, the Pasuk uh, says in Sefer uh, Shoftim, ויורד אמורי לשבת בהר חרס באילון ובשעלבים ותכבד יד בית יוסף והיו למס. The area of Yosef was אמורי. So therefore I use the אמורי for the entire ארץ ישראל. Okay, but the real question is what is בחרבי ובקשתי? This is the Ramban I wish to speak about. בטעם בחרבי ובקשתי. I think the Ramban is first coming to explain why does it say this at all? It's, it's, it's irrelevant. ואני נתתי לך שכם אחד על אחיך. I'm giving you a portion. He's the father. He's giving out inheritance. The Pasuk is stressing. The Ramban says like this, because it's a fact that the land will be conquered only through sword and bow. Meaning, what does Ramban mean? Yaakov Avinu is stressing. It's not a miraculous delivery of the land into our hands, but it requires physical Natural means war, as he said in the previous Raman that I quoted, becherev uvekeshet uvemilchama. Here he's explaining the words. He just writes becherev uvekeshet, but it means uvecherev uvekeshet uvemilchama. You will have to wage war to conquer the land. Yirmos lemashamara katuv. Raman says there's another pasuk which states this explicitly later on in the summation in Sefer Melachim when it's all over. לא הייתה עיר אשר השלימה בני ישראל בתיחי ביושבי הגבעון, ואת הכל לקחו במלחמה, כי מת השם הייתה לחזק ליבם לקראת המלחמה את ישראל למען החרימם. פסוק אין שופטים says, testifies, there was not a single city which greeted the Jews, the, the army of Israel, peacefully, except for גבעון, the גבעונים, החיבי יושבי הגבעון. But all the other cities, they took in a war. And why? It was a divine plan that should be a war. God strengthened the hearts. The expression chazek libam we're more familiar with in terms of paro. Chazek libam, the inhabitants of Eretz Canaan, God strengthened their hearts not to make peace with Israel. Likrat ha-milchamat Yisrael they they went out to war. They had the confidence in themselves to go to war. So that they should be destroyed. It was a divine plan. And the Ramban therefore says, this is what uh, 
Yaakov is hinting at. He's saying the land will be conquered by sword and by bow, as in fact it will be, because that's the divine plan, and Yaakov you know, knows this in advance, he's telling it to Yosef. But why, you'll ask, is Yaakov telling it to Yosef? So apparently it's an important point. It's not just, oh, it's true. Yaakov is saying to Yosef, you're getting a double portion of the land, but you should know that the land will be earned by sweat and tears and blood and fighting. So then you'll say, then why does Yaakov say, Asher lakachti? I took. If it's talking about real sword and bow, the land of Israel will be taken by a real battle and not a miraculous gift from heaven. What is Yaakov talking about that I will take? You should have said to yourself that you will take. In other words, your children will take. When they take it, I give them a double portion. He attributed the sword and the bow to himself. Because it's the merit, it's the schut of Yaakov which is responsible for the success in the battle and not they themselves. Again, a pasuk which states this explicitly, pasuk in Tehillim. Lo kilo v'char b'chem yarshu aretz uzro'am David the Melech says in Tilim, explicitly, not by their swords did they inherit the land. And their arm did not redeem them. But your arm your right hand, your arm, and the light of your face, for you favored them. In other words, it was done by God, and not by the might of man. But the Ramban says, specifically, Of course it's God. David is talking to God. Your right arm is that which has made the war, which has inherited, led to the inheritance of the land. But it means, the Ramban says, Ki in an unusual case, the Ramban mixes Kabbalistic, uh, Kabbalistic interpretation into the Pshat. Ki These words, Your right arm, your right hand, your your arm, and the light of your face is referring to the Shloshet Avot, to the three forefathers of Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Zchut Avot. Zchut Avot is not Kabbalah. We're going to go back to Pshat. The merit of the fathers, the spiritual merit of the fathers, is what lies behind the Cherev The result is a, an, an incredible, almost self-contradictory mix. On the one hand, Yaakov is stressing that the land is not going to be 
given to you on a silver platter. It'll be becherev uvekeshet uvemilchama. And we correctly interpret that to mean as opposed to a silver platter from heaven. In other words, there are two ways in which things take place in this world. One is through miracles, one is through natural means. Yaakov is stressing natural means. But the very same phrase, becherev uvekeshet, doesn't say becherev uvekeshet, it says becherbi uvekeshti, not in sword and bow, but my sword and my bow. And my sword and my bow is not natural means, because Yaakov doesn't have a sword or a bow. So it doesn't mean, as Rashi says, my prayers. No, no, it means my sword and my bow means your sword and your bow, but my merit. I'm the life, I'm the strength. I'm the power of your sword and your bow. So the phrase, according to the Ramban, is saying in one phrase, one unified phrase, a, 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 a immensely complicated and dialectical idea. That Eretz Yisrael, and many other things in the world as well, but specifically, Eretz Yisrael needs to be conquered, will be conquered, needs to be conquered, divine plan should be conquered through the natural difficult means of war, but war performed by the massed armies of B'nai Yisrael many, many years later, thousands and thousands of warriors, that war is Cherev Yaakov, meaning the hand of God based on the Schutavot of Yaakov as well as of Rabbi Yitzchak. And that's the inner meaning of the sword. In other words, there are natural means, but natural means are not really natural means. Natural means are spiritual processes in which God's power is expressed. And it's, it's apparently crucially important. Yaakov cannot talk about the inheritance of the land with Yosef without mentioning this point because it's not merely an interesting intellectual fact, but it's part of the defining characteristic of Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is not spiritual existence. I think when the Jews lived in the desert, they were living in spiritual existence. Food came from heaven. They didn't have to wash their clothes. There was Lapid Eish, the Anan. They were, they were living more or less on this earth, but they weren't living on this earth. They were living wrapped in the hands of God, physically, visually, obviously. Coming to Eretz Yisrael is moving back into natural history. That's by definition what it means. And therefore the conquest of Eretz Yisrael is going to take place. You cannot inherit the land unless you wage war. And you will wage war. If the land had been given in a different manner, I suspect it would be in continuation of the desert. It would be not this world. But the whole point of Eretz Yisrael is that we have a mission, we have a chedek, we have a nachala in this world and with the rules of this world. And therefore you're going to conquer it with your own sweat, perhaps with your own blood. But, and I, I think the was almost saying it's not even but, and, but and, you need to understand what that means. It's not that, okay, 
leave the hand of God, go into the hand of man. There is no hand of man. It's perceive, exercise, fulfill the hand of God within the natural world. And that's what Eretz Israel means. That's the meaning of Eretz Israel. It's a land which is one at the same time. We've discussed the Ramban in the past a little bit about how Eretz Israel is the, is the land of God. Now, it could be, according to the Ramban himself, that other lands further from the center of the world, uh, there is less, less exhibit, right? Less of a direct connection to God. But in, in the land of Israel, everything is God's direct action. But it's still this world. It's not that God suspends the natural law and operates in Eretz Israel in a miraculous manner. It's the natural law of Eretz Israel is a direct expression of God's presence. And therefore, the conquest of Eretz Israel is not merely through divine fiat. It's not merely through chere v'keshet. But it's Becharbi Uvikashti Yaakov Avinu speaking. 250 years from now, you will conquer Eretz Israel by the force of arms of my merit, of my spiritual existence. My, it's my sword. Your sword is my sword. Your bow is my bow. Because it's from God. When we fight our battles in Eretz Israel, it's your arm, your right hand, and the light of your face. Okay, that's the main point of the Mambania. I think it's, I think it's a, it's, it's a fascinating point because the Ramban is saying this is the Pshat of the words. And, and, on, 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 in, in the word level, the, the Ramban's Pshat is more Pshati than, than both of the interpretations of Ashi said. On the one hand, Shechem means a portion. It's referring to Eretz Israel. You don't have to make up a story about the conquest of Shechem by Yaakov Avinu. It's the obvious Pshat. Yosef, it's what the Pshukim beforehand said. You have two sons. Your two sons are Shvatim. Therefore, you get a double portion. So that's Mamish Pshat. Cherub and Keshet mean Cherub and Keshet. And in order for Cherub and Keshet to mean Cherub and Keshet, it has to refer to the actual conquest of the land in the future. Ah, but now the Rabban has a problem. This little Yud, Cherubi, Uve Kashti, Asher Lakachti, that I have taken. And here the Rabban says, and I think he means that it's Pshat, he doesn't think he's saying Josh. The Rabban says the Pshat is, I have taken it. With my sword and my bow, I have taken it in the future. Now remember the Ramban, which we quoted a few weeks ago. Ma'aseh avot, siman lebanim. And when this is quoted by other people, other than the Ramban, it's sometimes meant to, what the forefathers did is a sign, is a hint, is a prophecy of the future. But according to the Ramban, that's not the pshat. What the forefathers done encapsulates the future. The, the, it's not just the seed. The seed is already grown. It's the same thing in a smaller level. History is, is, is repeating itself. It's unfolding itself. And Yaakov Avinu has already captured Eretz Israel, as will be seen in the future. So he can, he, Yaakov can speak 
in past tense, lakachti, even though the actual event is in the future. Now to this, the Ramban adds a second point. And you might think the second point is almost a, a, a diminution of the first point, because he, he, he says a, a, a more, uh, more pshat pshat in the lakachti. But in fact, I, I think we understand that it, it's just, it's just enhancing the pshat. V'karov elai, it, it appears to me logical, he's saying. He can't prove this. He's just making this up. But karov elai, it appears to me that, she'asa Yaakov k'derch she'asu anviyim. It's not just that Yaakov said, my schut, my merit, conquers the land. He, he also did something. He did something the way the Nevi'im do. Now the example of Nevi'im doing these things is not very common, but there's one classic example which Ramban will quote, and one or two other similar things in Yecheska. What did he do? Yaakov actually raised his arm with a sword in it against, over, the land of the Amori. And also he fired some, he, he shot some arrows there, a couple. So that it should be conquered by his sons. Yes, in, in Melachim Bet, you have a story where the king comes to visit Elisha Navi, and Elisha says to him, take the bow and shoot some arrows in the direction of Aram. And according to the number of arrows he shoots, so will be in the future his victory against Aram. Elisha said to the king, Elisha's hands together with the king on the bow, and he said to the king, shoot. And apparently, and it's made quite explicit in that, in that thing, because he shoots only a few times. Elisha should have shot more. If you shot more, you would have conquered more. You shot only a few times, therefore you conquer less. In other words, somehow, this is classic Ramban, in terms of the Ramban's Kabbalistic theology. The actions now are the seeds of the results later on. The world is secular. So here too, there's this little action of shooting three arrows in the direction of Aram, and then a few weeks later, or a few months later, the arrows are shot again much more massively, and the king of Israel conquers parts of Aram. So here too, the same thing, it's not, the Pasuk doesn't describe it, but I'm sure it took place. That's what this Pasuk means. So he's saying, you know, it, it makes it easier for Yaakov to say the words which I have taken, because in fact he because he really has used a sword and a bow. According to the first pranaman, there is this nagging pshat problem that my sword and my bow is Yaakov doesn't even have a bow; it doesn't even own a sword. Perhaps my sword and my bow means your sword and your bow, my power, my merit. So the actual sword and the actual bow are two hundred fifty years in the future. But they are, they're called my sword and my bow. And Lakakhti, I, I already set it up. Because my merit in my present life in my, will, be, will, be, will be then my past life. So Ramban is now trying to fix the little pshat problem there. You're like, what bow? What, what sword? He says, well, Yaakov you know, had a sword. And he had a bow. And he actually used it against Emory in a very symbolic manner. But you have to remember that symbolism for Ramban is real. It's not symbolism. Symbolism is the seeds of the tree that will grow. And therefore, Yaakov says, you will 
conquer Eretz Yisrael by the force of my actual bow and my actual sword, which I have wielded in a symbolic manner, opposite the MOV. And therefore, I've already taken it. For from that day of this, this imaginary text that the Laman makes up, from that day, the land has already been taken. Has already been acquired. For, not for myself, because for myself it's only a symbolic action, but for my children, but the action is already taking place. The, the extent to which the Ramban really believes that the future is inherent in the past, in terms of Maser Avot Banim, is here given a very, very uh, graphic and grammatical expression in this phrase of Yaakov, Asher Lakachti Miyad Emori Bakashti. I think this extra pshat, the Karov Eli, of this uh, action, Right, this this tekes, this protocol that Yaakov does by wielding his sword and shooting some arrows, it, it's not really necessary for the Ramban. That's why he says, "Become over He likes it a lot, but it's not a different shot. It's an attempt to make a little bit better grammatical sense. It's still unusual to find someone actually speaking, even though the Ramban believes very much in his cyclical version of history, but you don't actually speak that way. People don't say, I've done something before they've done it, only because they've done the, the miniature action. So he adds this, it's still miniature action, but it's a little bit better. It's not just my merit, it's my actual actions. But it's the same shot. The shot is that in the end, Eretz Yisrael is conquered through physical, real means, but the physical, real means are an expression of spiritual power of the Avot, not of the Banim, not the children who are conquering Eretz Israel, but it's actually Yaakov who is conquering Eretz Israel. And they are simply fulfilling their, their, their breathing actual flesh and blood life into a spiritual force that already exists, at least in the time of Yaakov. If they wouldn't take out their swords and their bows, it wouldn't take place. It's not that the world is being run by mystical, spiritual forces, and what we do doesn't count. They will have to use Cherav and Keshet. That hasn't changed, even after the second Pshat in the Ramban, the, the extra Pshat, there was a real Cherav and Keshet by uh, Yaakov, but he hasn't in any way abandoned the fact that Yaakov is referring to the fact that there will be a real Cherav and Keshet later on. You have to use real means, real this world means, to affect real this world changes. But all those real world means are themselves expressions fulfillments, manifestations of deeper spiritual forces as exemplified by either the life, the schut, the merit of Yaakov, or by a symbolic action that Yaakov took in his lifetime, which had no immediate effect. His arrows didn't strike anybody. His sword didn't cut anything. But he set the forces into motion which will then be unfolded when B'nai Israel 
actually come to Eretz Yisrael later on. The man a number of places says that Maseh Avot Siman Lebanim is not just a one-time thing for those historical events which we can plot. In other words, entering Eretz Yisrael in the time of Yeshua is a fulfillment of what Yaakov does at some earlier point. But it continues throughout Jewish history. We are also Banim. And Maseh Avot Siman Lebanim in at least one place Ramban actually traces it through uh, the end of times until 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 Biyat HaMashiach in the beginning of Parashat Vayichi when he talks about Yaakov uh, leaving Mitzrayim and going to Eretz Yisrael to be buried and the Ramban says that Ma'aseh Avot will be Siman Lebanim to the end of times and so what the Ramban here is describing of how the power of the sword conquers but it conquers with Shut Avot it conquers its cherev Yaakov, cheshet Yaakov, is true in all times, at least in connection to Eretz Israel. And it's true in our times, and in these difficult days as well. And that's it for today. Um, we'll be back next week with more in the Mamban, starting Sefer Shemot. And next week, you've been listening to Keshet. Kimitzion Tetzei Torah Udvar Hashem Yerushalayim Koltov